Hello and welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I'm Arthur Yon, co-founder and CEO of Nest Protection Plan. We partner with restorers, contractors, and other home service providers, increase their revenue, grow their authority, and help them build a platform of lifetime customers. We believe that every American family and property owner deserves peace of mind from contamination, mold, and indoor-related illnesses, all for less than a dollar a day. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Welcome to episode number seven of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I hope everybody had a great holiday season. Uh, We've been taking a little bit of a break over the past few weeks, but we are back and ready to roll right into 2023. And uh, we're starting off with a, with a great guest. He's a, a good friend of mine, and uh, we've gotten to know each other over the past year and uh, just excited to have him on. He is the CEO of the LeBrun Advisory Group, and he is Mr. Rich LeBrun. Rich, good morning. How are you? Arthur, I'm great. Happy New Year's to you. Happy New Year to you. I hope you're doing well and uh, staying warm and Thanks again yeah. for being on the show. Um, I'm going to jump in and ask a little bit so the audience kind of gets a good introduction to you. Um, tell us a little bit about what LeBron Advisor Group does and what it is that you do. Yeah, we do uh, three things uh, primarily. Uh, one of them is we help people who have a business uh, franchise their business. Uh, the second one is we help people who want to get into business to buy a franchise the third thing we do is we have a podcast where we interview founders of companies uh, to find out what their secret sauce is of uh, being successful. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, you, you and I have obviously had a few discussions um, about, you know, the audience probably knows or most people know about Nest Protection Plan. It's what we've been building and running as an add-on franchise model. And of course, um, we've, uh, we've talked about some things with that and tell, let's get into a little bit about what you've done throughout your, I guess, throughout your, uh, your history and your past. I know you, you've had some experience with commercial real estate. Um, and of course now you're doing the franchising, the consulting side. So tell us maybe about some situations where you've worked with some home service businesses in the past. Well, home service sector of the franchise industry, which the franchise industry can be carved up into 40, 50 different segments, depends on how you want to dice them up. But the home service sector, uh, ever since COVID has exploded uh, and it's not looked back. It has really a great year over year returns. It's a a nice low barrier to entry sector. uh, It's a need based. Many times it's essential, which is a new term we've picked up since COVID. It's recession resistant, you know, you need your grass cut no matter if it's, you know, recession or if there's COVID, you still need that done. You know, in in your world, the remediation world, uh, it needs to get done no matter what's going on in the world and the economy. So we've had a lot of success putting people into home type service-based businesses. Uh, They can operate as an owner operator. A lot of them are operating uh, as semi-absent where they can keep their job and have a manager run the business for them. And so we've, uh, Anywhere from painting to uh, construction to uh, remodeling, uh, all sorts of brands fit in this space. In fact, it's one of the larger sectors for us as franchise consultants to show our clients. 
Yeah, and I like what you said. I mean, this is a a very huge, I guess is a good word to use, a, a wide um, industry that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and so I know there are a lot of people that are growing their businesses. There are a lot of people that are, you know, jumping into this whole world of of dealing with homeowners, property owners, and all the services that that they need. Uh, so. Can, let's dig into a little bit about um, just I want, because I know you're you're very uh, knowledgeable in the business growing area. What are some things if some people are listening right now and they're trying to grow their business? Maybe it's they're trying to franchise or maybe they're just trying to grow uh, to multiple locations or even just grow one location. What are some things that you could maybe say to not do and maybe to do? when when a business owner is is looking to grow well first of all they should look at their core competence <clears throat> that's really key and we call i call it the hub and spoke model in the business development growth category a lot of times you're really good at a primary function but there's an administrative side to that function there's infrastructure to that that could spin off now, for example let's say you had a painting business Okay, well, you need uh, an accounting system, a point of sale system, you need marketing system, you need leadership management and, and payroll. Well, that applies if you added painting and if you had painting, you could add carpeting, you could add restoration, you could add a lot of different components to it. But your hub, your core competency is the same. Your customer is the same. They may need painting today and they need, may need carpeting tomorrow. So we say make sure you pay attention to your core pot competency and then look at the spokes that can come off of that. Okay. And then where you have some symmetry with your customers. This is a time to grow. Um, this is, there's a lot of opportunities, even in the midst of chaos. That most companies, many, many famous companies, it grew in the time of chaos. Um, one of the things I've heard on one of my podcast guests, they said it best. And I asked them how they weathered COVID. And they said, you know what we did? We said we ignored COVID. We just concentrated on our business and how to do it better than our competitors. And they grew. They grew in the midst of COVID. So they, they actually took a lot of time assessing how they can serve their customers better. What nuances could they uh, uh, accentuate? And what are, what are spokes on that hub and spoke model could they add? And so I thought it was a great philosophy. So um, I think it's time to grow. I think it's time to take a time through assessment and do it. You know, you don't want to do it haphazardly. You have to have capital to do it. You want to do it systematically. But I think if you uh, take those few steps, it's a great opportunity to grow your business. Yeah, that, those are fantastic points. And I think that's what a lot of people were looking for. And, you know, not everything was uh, was uh, recession proof or or covid proof obviously there's maybe some people you know we we're focusing on the home service industry with this show but there may be other people listening that either they were trying that and something um you know faltered in one way or another or maybe they are trying to get into it because they were in some other type of uh industry or you know whether it was food service or something that really just completely fell uh, flat during the covid situation but but all those are great points. The home service industry seems to be much more recession proof than a lot of the other industries. Um, well, they, they are, Arthur. And the other thing is, if you look at categorically, uh, we call home service sector in the service industry. The next sector we call bricks and mortar, not food. And then we, and the third sector is food. 
bricks and mortar, not food and food are double and triple the cost of the home service industry. So a lot of people don't want to sign leases, don't want to be you know, tied to a real estate component. Um, they don't necessarily want a lot of employees. Right? In the home service sector, you can get into, into this uh, low barrier to entry. Sometimes you can do it one or two employees. You can, you know, you don't have to allow, don't have to allow long-term commitments. And it's need-based and it's recession resistant and, and many times essential. Yeah, and that's uh, those are just fantastic ways to uh, to look at it. Um, uh, what what are your thoughts behind somebody that may want to try to grow um, by adding their location, adding new locations, growing um, from one location right at this juncture in time with the economy, with with how we're kind of coming out of the the pandemic. And hopefully, you know, we're going to be hitting a, a little bit of an economic boom. What would you say are uh, some good ideas or some good pieces of advice that maybe they could use, you know, going into that uh, journey? Well, in, in any case, no matter whether you grow through territory or you grow through uh, diversification, it's just like building a house. It's, you know, if it's built on sinking sand, it's going to sink. And so <laughs> you got to make sure your infrastructure is strong. Okay. And one way to test your infrastructure is to expand. Uh, but we would say one thing about the franchise system, I tell people whether they're going to franchise or not, the process is, is really a good discipline. Make sure you understand your business thoroughly, an operating manual, your step-by-step -step marketing systems, how is your leadership, your management, your training, your purchasing power. That's good business practice, no matter if you're a franchise or not. But that's all your infrastructure. Now, if you want to expand outside your market, well, then it's about, okay, well, I, I can support that. I have to get the right leader, right? Because I'm going to personnel and talent. If it's going to be in your market, then you're just going to add a different discipline. Like, again, you have a painting business, you're going to add restoration. Well, it's a little bit easier to manage on the uh, labor side, okay, because it's, it's, it's within your reach. Uh, but nonetheless, in either case, uh, make sure you have all your uh, your infrastructure in place. Other than that, uh, test it and test it conservatively. I mean, that's one thing about the franchise. We say, you know, pizza in Chicago is, is good, but pizza in California, you know, maybe they don't like our pizza from Chicago. So we, <laughs> we don't know, right? So sometimes you got to test the water. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent point. Um, you know, people people that are not really accustomed to having a larger scale, uh, whether it's, you know, like you said, the infrastructure side of it. Um, I, I've experienced it, and I'm sure a lot of uh, people that are listening that have gone through the business growing pains have experienced that uh, the infrastructure side. And um, and nowadays it's just so much more critical than it probably, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago uh, with all the different things that need to be intertwined. So I think yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Rich. This is uh, this is great stuff. Um, so let me, uh, you know, before we wind it down, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about, uh, first of all, what are your plans for the future with with franchising? Are you going to be um at it this at this for a while or what what do you got going on in the future i love what i do i really do i, I mean i think the being an entrepreneur is our country's greatest secret uh you know and people don't 
100 years ago, 95% of the population was an entrepreneur because they were all far- they grew up as farmers or their parents would grew up as farmers. They didn't even know any better. They just happened to be it. You go out there and you just do the work and you, you know, and you're pretty soon you're in business. The industrial age came along and 95 years later, we're 95% of us work for corporate America. And uh, so the spirits within us, it just needs to be dusted off. Uh, today, my opinion uh, is it's more risky to work for corporate America than it is to start your own business. You know, I, I deal with executives every day who put their careers, long-term careers in corporate America, only to come up short, only to come, you know, see another merger acquisition, they're out in the streets. Um, they lost control of their destiny. They thought that was a safe place to be, finding out that in the midst of their most important time in life, it's not. Uh, whereas if they would have spent that time building their own business and doing the hard work, and it's hard work, so it was working for corporate America today, um, that they can have better control of their destiny. So I'm excited about what I do. I love what I do. It's not for everybody. I always say if everybody had their own business, uh, we'd have no employees. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, everybody should, not everybody should own their own business. Yeah, and I agree. Agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, it isn't for everybody. It, you know, you really got to have uh, a certain a certain extra drive to, to uh, you know, I, I think statistically maybe – Five percent of people really have what it takes to put up with the the hardships and the you know maybe not making any profit the first year or so of a business sometimes more than one year so I get what you're saying but yes the rewards are wonderful for those who endure um, and what you were saying too I mean it reminds me there was a quote from I think it was Jim Carrey and he was maybe receiving a degree or he was up talking to a graduating class and he said you know my dad was an accountant. Um, you know, he wanted to find a stable job and ended up getting let go. And he's like, so I learned that you could fail at, you know, doing something stable or you could fail at doing something you love. So might as well do something you love. Right. Yeah. I like that. I like that yeah. thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a fun venture. I think the other thing that happens, if you can, do, if you can develop that skill and give it a try, then you may want to go back to corporate America, but the fear factor will be gone because whether corporate America lays you off or not, you're not left without another plan. And, but when mm-hmm. you have that entrepreneur spirit, you have the spirit of like, I can do anything. So I'll work for corporate America and I'll bring that spirit to the company. And then if they that doesn't work there, I'm going to bring that out there into the world for myself. It really is a healthy thing to learn. Oh, so yeah. I, would teach, I would teach all my kids that. In fact, I am teaching my kids that, and my son's in, in now an entrepreneur, and I'm real proud of him, and uh, and he's getting a chance to experience it. Well, that and I'm trying to duplicate that too with my kids. I think mine are probably a little younger than yours, but <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> well, and uh, and your your son-in-law too is obviously a, a successful entrepreneur as well. So uh, both my have- son-in-laws have their own construction company. My son just bought a renovation a construction company. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're, they get a chance to enjoy it. Wonderful. I, I love it, Rich. This is, uh, this is great. And before one more thing, before we get out of here, let's, uh, share with us your, your website, share with us how people can find you and, um, maybe how they could set up an appointment with you at some time. Yeah. By the way, our services are free. So if anybody wants to explore the idea of buying a franchise, uh, it takes time. It takes about three, four months. It's a very MBA level approach to evaluating a business and it should be treated that way. It's, it's an investment. Uh, but they can get to go to our 
Lebrun, L-E-B-R-U-N.com. And you can read all about the uh, what we do. You can see some testimonials, and you can actually see where our podcasts are. And I promote the podcast because you, they get a chance to hear founder stories, people like yourself, Arthur, you know, who share their stories and, and show the hope and strength and experience that they got from starting their own business. And some, like I said, it's hard, and it, and it's fun, and it's rewarding, and it's all that stuff together. So I encourage people to go to go to the website, and then from there they can make an appointment with me. Wonderful, wonderful, Rich. So that's R Lebrun R L E B R U N dot com. He is Rich Lebrun. He is uh, very knowledgeable and uh, very helpful um, person that can really steer you in a good direction if you're trying to grow your business. Rich, this has been a great conversation. Appreciate you being on the show. And um, I know we'll be talking again sometime soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Arthur. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, man. And I appreciate everybody tuning in. This has been the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. We'll see you next time. Arthur Yon here. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. If you are a successful restorer, contractor, or home service provider who would like to be on this program, please visit jointhenestteam.com slash go. If you got something out of this interview, would you also share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag HSSB Spotlight. I love seeing your posts, love seeing your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes of content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and your reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, jointhenestteam.com slash go, or follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.